everyone, and welcome to the Path 11 podcast with your hosts, April and Mike. We hope you enjoyed that nice, relaxing, and soothing music that opened up our podcast today. That is from the person that we're interviewing, Rick Bader, who is a sound medium, multi-instrumentalist, and music producer. Rick channels the healing music he creates from spirit, ascended masters, and archangels through his studies in Reiki, meditation, shamanism, and the Akashic Records orchestrating sound healings both live and in the studio with the intention to help others discover the transformational healing power of sound. Rick also produces and collaborates with artists and healers from around the world, as well as conducting events and workshops to raise awareness of this ancient modality and how we may apply it to our lives in modern times. Rick's music is also available on his website, www.pranasoundstudio.com, as well as outlets such as iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, and YouTube. We'd like to welcome Rick to our show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. Yeah, this is actually, it's kind of a funny story of how we found you. I actually found you through my personal Instagram page. I don't even know actually how I stumbled upon your page. I think it was under one of those things where they suggest people or certain things based on your likes. Yeah, and I came across (laughs) some of your music. And I'm also a Reiki master and practitioner in my private practice of what I do on the side, aside of Pamphlet Productions. And uh, I was listening to the music. I'm like, this is pretty cool. So I ended up following your page. And you might have posted something a while ago. I believe it was off of your album, 1050 Petals. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And I noticed that it had some music to align people with the chakras. And I do some chakra clearing in my practice, too. And I think I went to iTunes and downloaded it and loved it and have been playing it in my office while I'm doing (laughs) healing sessions. Oh, my God. And then when Mike and I, we were talking about getting this podcast together, we were trying to figure out who would be some interesting people for the show. And I I had a little bit of background with another sound healer. His name is Dennis Dominic, and he's also somebody that we've interviewed for our podcast. And he does vibroacoustic therapy, which is also a form of sound healing. Yeah. And I thought that you would be a nice compliment to this. And when I looked you up and found your website, I also saw that you were from New York and you're from Long Island. So I love connecting fellow New York for our show absolutely <laughs> and and that's that's how we came to meet Rick through Instagram <laughs> <laughs> pretty amazing yeah so why don't you tell us a little bit about you know who you are introduce yourself to the world of the music that you're creating and how did you come to do some of this channeling and shamanism of of music that you have yeah definitely um, well what I am is a sound medium, so it's a it's it's become a bit of everything. Um, you know, it's it's a bit of a very long and interesting journey. Um, when I first started, as you mentioned, one thousand and fifty pedals was primarily the first full length release, and it was a big undertaking. Um, that album took about a year, and that was more of straight up, you know, sound healing and math and frequency and science with binaural beats and that's kind of where the journey begin began for me with sound healing and using music as a healing modality and it was shortly after that um i started studying reiki and studying reiki opened up huge doors for me 
energetically, spiritually. Um, so the following album was Path of Light, and that is where I first started channeling. Um, as you know, with Reiki, you're channeling energy. So everything is energy, and music is energy, and sound is energy. So seeing that connection, I really wanted to start tapping in to divine source and really pulling all this vibration together, not just music, but energy and intention and all these things that, that really make the music and the, and the work a true healing modality. So, you know, it was at that point I started calling in, you know, Dr. Asui and Ascended Masters. And when I found was when I started creating that way, something really, really special was starting to happen for me. Um, I kind of started to learn to become a clear channel and I would let this stuff come through and I would start to play with no pre-written context, no structure. I would just hit record and go and I would get completely lost in those moments where I would finish this recording. I would have no recollection of what I recorded, what it sounded like half the time of what even really happened. It was kind of starting to become out of body in those moments. I would listen back and then realize, you know, that I was really channeling and stepping completely outside of myself and ego and just out of the equation, outside looking in. And it started to become a really beautiful process because as you channel, depending on what and who you're channeling, that energy is embedded somehow into the music. I'm still not really able to explain how they do that, but they do. And there's something really special there. So it started that process. So from Path of Light till now, that, that process has grown substantially and primarily is the focus of everything I do. Everything is channeled, you know, for the good of all who listen based on, you know, the modality or the topic that needs to be touched on. And it's really grown substantially and it's been a huge new door and path for me. So it's, it's a pretty beautiful thing to, to be on this journey really. Wonderful. And how did music enter your life? How young were you when you first started dabbling in music or creating? Oh, I was, <laughs> I was a little, uh, a little boy. <laughs> my parents and, and my family, none of them are really technically musicians, but they're all, music lovers. So I've always grew up, you know, four years old listening to the Beatles and all types of good music. Um, I actually started playing drums, uh, was my first instrument and, you know, the universe or spirit works its magic. I had no interest in really playing an instrument when I was younger. Um, it just was given to me, you know, pretty much by the universe your path is your path and you can't avoid it so i'll never forget i was you know maybe seven eight and i was hanging out on the block playing with the kids and a friend of mine at the time about the same age had an older brother his older brother was throwing out this blue and white drum set and it was on the curb in front of his house and I went to go, you know, play at his house. And his older brother said, hey, do you want these? And I said, what are those? He said, oh, it's my old drum set. I was like, oh, okay. I took them home. Had no real prior interest in playing drums whatsoever. And I didn't know how to set them up. I didn't have drumsticks. 
I use spoons, you know, whatever <laughs> I can find to hit them. And what I realized quickly was when I was going through something in school or let's say I was made fun of or picked on a particular day or maybe, you know, there was a fight in the family or something was going on. That was the first thing I started going to was music. And when I made that connection that when I would play music, it would make me feel better. It was, that was it. So from about anywhere from eight to 10 till now, I just, music was always in my life in, in a healing sense. And just was too young to really realize maybe what was happening on a technical level, but it was always a modality I went to, to feel better or to release emotion or to kind of get through something in life. And it just grew and grew and grew. Now the the music that you've recorded, you're playing every instrument. Is that yes? How? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that there's like a lot of like subtle drums in it, and it was the stuff I listen to is very relaxing. Um, I do. I am a Reiki master, but I don't do everyday practice of it. Okay. So I could see the benefit of it, but just for what I used for, um, just just trying to get to know who you were for this interview and listening to your music. I was just chilled out for a good hour <laughs> just listening to the music. It was great. Thank you. What other instruments do you use uh, for your recordings? Um, a little bit of everything. I mean, it's all about, for me, it's all about exploring and growth. So, you know, there's drums, there's synthesizers, there's piano, there's, you know, bass, guitar, you know, anything and everything I could find or that, comes along my path I will experiment with I play tabla I play percussion I play drum set I, I, a little bit of everything really I mean you know if there's something I'm I don't know how to play I will find someone who does and will collaborate and and make kind of magic that way on um integer I collaborated with a classical Russian flutist Vladimir Krobostov who was unbelievable and that album is kind of where uh, my shamanism stuff started. But, you know, if, if there's something I don't play, the universe sends it to me somehow. And it just happens. So it's it's really just being able to explore and be open to, to everything. Yeah, when I listened to that album, I don't know if it was the flute in the background. For whatever reason, I thought it was more Native American. I don't know if it's just because I associate that flute sound with Native American, but that album really did have more of a shamanism feel to it. Can you go into a little bit about, for people that don't even really know what shamanism is or how you incorporate that into music? Yeah, absolutely. Um, shamanism, I think, is a really broad term. Um, it definitely could be misconstrued in a lot of ways. Um, sh you know, shamanism is been in almost every culture at some point in time. Um, in some cultures, it's a medicine man. Some cultures, it's a shaman. Um, but I think the definition of shaman is someone who can walk between both worlds, whether that be our physical reality and the beyond. Someone who could balance those two worlds and bring them together to help others heal, which is what most shamans would do. You know, they would use shamanic drums or chants to go into a state 
and enter different realms of consciousness so that they can help the person that they needed to help and be able to kind of get inside their higher self and do healing work. So in essence, um, it, it's a kind of a funny story. Um, before that album even happened or was a, a twinkle of a thought, I had started getting drawn to shamanism. Um, I would see crows every day. I'd wake up, I'd go outside in the morning and there'd be crows everywhere. And, you know, I'm very into like animal totems and signs and really being mindful of everything around you. And I was kind of curious, okay, why am I seeing this crow all the time? So I started reading and, uh, you know, a lot of people think crows or ravens are a bad omen and there's all this weird mythology behind them. But really, they're a messenger for, of spirit, especially in shamanic cultures. So I started reading about sh shamanism and turns out all these people started popping up in my life um, that practice shamanism. I wound up, you know, talking to them, studying with different shamans. I've had healings by an amazing Aztec shaman, uh, Doña Leova, who was actually Yogi Bajan's healer. Um, I've learned a lot from her. And this path was, as Reiki opened up doors, this path was opening up giant doors because I was already doing channeling work. So it was a way for me to learn new techniques and kind of take what you need from stuff, you know, that, that is for your path. You know, I wouldn't call myself a shaman, but I use shamanic practices to further my work. So this started happening, and during a meditation, I had seen a wolf, which is one of my spirit animals or power animals, and the wolf had shown me a rattle. At the time, I had no idea what this meant, but I felt this crazy urge telling me I need to make a rattle, need to make a rattle, over and over and over and over again. I was like, I don't know how to make a rattle, you know, I don't know. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I started finding feathers every day. So I started collecting these feathers from all different birds and things I would find, knowing that I would need them for something um, intuitively. And then I was in a park and I found this huge stick that was in the shape of what I jokingly said to my fiance is that it looked like some kind of shamanic staff. It had this crazy design to it. I picked it up, took it home, meditated again. And then I saw this staff and the feathers and the raven putting these things together in my mind's eye. And then, you know, out of the meditation, I looked and it dawned on me I had the perfect pieces to make this rattle right in front of me so i made the rattle and that's when it really took hold is when i acknowledged these signs it acknowledged that i was being called to learn this so as soon as i acknowledged it vladimir krobostov the flutist who i didn't know at the time sent me a completely random message on facebook that he enjoyed my music and he would love to work together can i send you a flute piece I wrote and for you to listen to. I said, sure, absolutely. Sounds great. The song he sent me, he had aptly named Mongolia, which is home of some of the first shamans and happened to be the culture I was studying at the time with shamanism. So I was like, okay, I get it. This is what I'm supposed to do right <laughs> now. And that's when it really, that album started. So in essence, what, you know, speaking with Vladimir, 
he's he's a very gentle soul, very connected with nature when he plays, which is also part of you know a very big part of shamanism is nature and the elements. So I you know I knew that this was supposed to happen, and I started really digging deep, and I wanted to really approach it from that angle for that album. So, you know, in modern times, a lot of people with Pro Tools and whatever, you know, chop everything up and everything's to this perfect tempo and grid. And I, I did not want that at all. I wanted it to be completely organic, completely channeled using shamanic practices. So he would send me a flute, just a straight up flute part with no tempo, no anything. I would literally meditate with the shamanic drum by myself, set up my microphones, hit record and listen to his flute and play to it for the first time all at once and just channel whatever needed to come through. <clears throat> so, you know, referring to Native Americans, he did use Native American flute. And during those songs, what came through was most likely the shamanic drum. And there was some nature elements in some of those songs. Um, there were other songs where he used the Bensori flute, which is from India. And, you know, all of a sudden I'm playing tabla and the sitar drones are happening. So it's kind of, that album to me felt like a trip around the world and almost touching a little bit of each kind of shamanic culture, in essence, came through. So it was a really amazing experience to, to do that album. Something that, you know, is a, every album, in essence, is a part of my journey as well. So it's it's nice to go through that journey and be able to share it with people so it may help them in their stage of their journey and that's that's really what it's all about yeah that album really is beautiful i enjoy listening to that um let's talk about the 1111 ascension um <laughs> we, you know yes. when we were going through some of your stuff for those people that have followed mike and i in the path 11 productions obviously 11 is in our our logo and the number 11 has a lot of significance to us, especially the 1111 phenomenon. And then oh, yeah. also seeing that as we were going through some of your information, just kind of validated even more. We got to talk to this guy. <laughs> well, that's yeah. how it happens. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and I have to say, listening to that track and, you know, sure enough, it's 11 minutes and 11 seconds long. Absolutely. There really is a quality to that music that I, I personally can't describe, but I just feel such a strong connection to as well. It does kind of something for the soul. So maybe do you want to talk a little bit about what 1111 means to you and that? Yeah, sure. Assault? I think it's, um, I think it's very similar to, to your journey. I, I read, you know, how, when you guys started doing this, that's what you kept seeing. Um, and it was the same for me when I started the sound healing journey. Uh, 1111, literally everywhere, license plates. Every time I looked at the clock, I'd get a, go to dinner and, you know, or buy something, it'd be $11, 11.11. Every which way you could possibly see a number, it was popping up, mm -hmm. along with uh, 444, which is an angelic number. But 1111 to me um, is a calling. It's spirit, it's your ascended masters, it's your angels trying to get your attention and getting you to focus on what your path is. Because a lot of us, you know, there's a lot of people who have incredible abilities. Maybe they're not acknowledging them. They may be fearful of going that road or what if I leave this great job and I can't do blah, blah, blah. And 
all of a sudden you start seeing 11-11 everywhere. Um, I do think it's a calling. And I think when you start paying attention to those signs and what is happening in that moment that you're seeing them or what you're thinking in that moment, you'll start to realize the connection for you. Because uh, it is definitely going to be different for everyone. But I do think the general gist is it is a calling from your ascended masters or your angels looking out for you, showing you and validating for you what your path is or, you know, what your calling is in those moments. And that, that is what's happening. And, you know, 11, 11 in general is when one and one become one. So that's, you know, you, your higher self, your path becoming one. And that, that is what it has been for me. Um, and it's, it's been amazing. So I would get a lot of questions about that. Um, 11, 11, what does it mean? And I see it all the time. So I realize there is a lot of people out there that that frequency and that number is coming to, and they're not sure what it means. And it is, since it is different for everyone, there is no real one answer. So the best way to connect to that and discover it for yourself would be through meditation and music. So when I created um, Eleven Eleven, the whole song, it's funny because, as I said before, I was seeing 444 a lot. When you break down the frequencies on a piano, most pianos are tuned to A equals 440 hertz. So based on that 440 hertz spread across the piano, there is no frequency that is 1,111 hertz. So in order to attain that frequency, you have to retune the instrument to 444 hertz. So there's no coincidences. So this is what I did. I tuned everything to 444 hertz. So I can focus on the frequencies of 1,111 hertz for the meditation. So everything you hear there is based on those two amazing and powerful numbers. So all those frequencies can correlate to 444 and 11.11, and which is also why the time is 11.11. I felt it was super important to really try to harness the energy of those numbers so that when you meditate and focus on the vibrations and the sounds you're hearing, that you know what that number means to you will hopefully be shown to you the more you tune in and the more you kind of connect to that vibration the more you'll be able to identify and see what that means for you. So in essence, I, you know, it's a, it's a really useful tool that you can use to kind of tune into the self and to that energy and try to figure out what that means for you. I noticed uh, with myself with the 1111, I, I, I noticed that when I'm working on either the podcast or the films or thinking about, you know, this, this material, I get the eleven eleven constantly, or anymore. It's also been twelve uh, twelve is another one. Oh, interesting, me. interesting. Well, I have a theory behind that. I could go off on a little tangent here. My <laughs> <laughs> my grandmother passed away on twelve twelve twelve, and ever since then, every once in a while, I'll get a twelve twelve. Um, wow. And yeah, so I just find that's interesting that she's kind of well, she's with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sending me signs or something. Absolutely. But I noticed also, too, when, especially now, we're recording this on the 10th of April, uh, we're right in the middle in the United States of tax season, or actually towards the end of tax season. So 
it's when I start thinking about, you know, the, the numbers and trying to get business stuff done and dealing with the IRS, it's kind of like I, I get pulled out of it. You know, the stress goes up and I stop seeing those numbers. And um, yeah, but when, you know, I get back into it and I listen to this mute, your music and, you know, be editing uh, something for the film and I get thinking about dreams or out of body stuff, it's it pulls me right back in and the rest of the day, or the rest of the week even, I, I see the numbers. Do you have that same kind of effect or are you in this music like 24-7 though? Well, no, I mean, you know, we're all, we're all humans. As spiritual as we can be, you know, we're all human and there's always a balance between spirituality and reality. And, you know, I do feel like that's a hard thing for a lot of people, um, but it's okay to have that balance and that's the way it should be. Because if you're kind of too much on one of the other side, you're not grounded probably, you know? Right. So, of course, if I'm having an off day or a bad day, I won't see it as much either. Or maybe I will if I'm thinking about, oh, what's going on with me or what's happening? What is this shift in energy? And I'm trying to figure it out. Maybe when I start thinking of that answer or that right thing comes along, boom, eleven, eleven, And I'm like, okay, that's what it is. Like I always use it for a validation. So if you're not seeing it, there's a good chance that something's maybe going on in your world or in your life that you're giving too much energy to. And it's taking energy away from that 1111 frequency, you know? Right. And then when you start seeing it again, it's kind of a good indicator that you're getting back in line with things. Yeah, I remember Mike and I had a good laugh after we finished editing our first film, The Path Afterlife. We were trying, we did a screening for a bunch of friends and family, and uh, we had the film all set and we were ready to have it go. We did the screening, and people said, Oh, you know, we think that you should put in a little more information about this one uh, expert. Paul Rademacher was his name because he was a. Um, a minister and just, you know, came from a lot of religion and spirituality and, you know, kind of told his story. So Mike and I, we went back into the editing room and we added a bunch of footage into that first film and we weren't even paying attention to this. It wasn't our intention at all. But at the end, the final product, once we added all of that new footage, rescreened it again for friends and family we happened to take a look and the film was one hour and 11 minutes long and we just you know we just laughed we're like holy crap you know we couldn't believe it and that was just a fun thing to notice and we weren't even paying attention to it until you know we were doing our dvd jacket of what's the runtime and how long and we go to look at the counter and it's we're like oh my gosh it's an hour and 11 minutes how did that happen you know totally unplanned so it's cool when you get validation like that on projects. Yeah, absolutely. That's spirit telling you you're you're on the path. Right. Do you get that's, um, that's amazing? Now in your music, do you get premonitions? Like um, I know you said most of it's channeling; it's in the moment. But mm-hmm. sometimes you get like maybe the dream you had the night before. Maybe you heard like a little melody or something that you want to incorporate. Oh yeah, all the time, all yeah. the time. I a lot of stuff. You know, I carry around a little moleskin book just for that because I'm constantly getting messages from spirit. Um, it's funny. I'll give you a little story. Um, after the last album, you know, my energy was scattered. I was working with other artists and producing and doing live events. So I really wasn't focused on studio work. And, you know, I was doing a lot of things at once. And... um I was just kind of meditating, hanging out, 
and you know some stuff had came to me and I had wrote it down and I was I was getting angelic messages and to be honest I wasn't I don't know into that as much you know I I believed in angels but <clears throat> you know I'm into many different spiritual aspects and religions so to me I guess my my innate thing was angels and they're great, but you know, oh, maybe it's too religious to, you know, one side of a religion and I don't know how I feel about it. So I guess I, you know, I wrote this info down and I really didn't focus on it. And then all of a sudden, again, I would see white feathers every day. So I'm like, okay, something's happening with angels here that I need <laughs> to pay attention to. And there's that other part of me that's like, ah, I don't know about these angels and, you know, and it was, the more I questioned it, the more I would get these signs. So I had went to an event of a friend of mine and um, somebody who was a medium was there and she looked at me, you know, I didn't really know her, but she was a good medium and she came up and said, you know, you create music? I said, yes. And she's like, you channel? I said, yes. She's like, you want to know what's happening? or where it's coming from lately. And I looked with a smile. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. And she's like, the angels is coming from an angelic realm. That's what I see. And I was like, wow, oh, geez, <laughs> you know, all right, I give up. I'm going to, I'm going to work with you guys. I'm going to give this a chance and be open-minded. So currently I am working on a whole plethora of music channeling each archangel. Um, and that has been an incredible experience to the point where I can't believe that I was in a place where I didn't fully believe about the angels. Because now through firsthand experience and getting messages from them, it has been unreal. So many things in my life have changed, have shifted, all due to working with them. Healings I've received from them before writing a song with them. I, it has been unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, yeah, I mean, when you get messages and you get insight, whether it's your intuition or it's coming from, you know, a psychic place or it's coming from the divine, you have to trust it. Because when you, when you do kind of push against it, it's just going to keep coming at you until you acknowledge it. What you do with it, once you acknowledge it, is up to you. But... For me, I, you know, I kept getting the push and I kept getting messages and I kept hearing things and I was so not sure about it. And then when I did surrender to it and realize that this energy is trying to connect with me and I'm pushing it back a little, when I opened up to it, it came in so fast and so powerful that I was, I was blown away. So it's, it's really amazing when you could surrender. I mean, surrender is such a huge thing in so many levels of healing of, of discovering the self of you know even doing like reiki or any kind of energy work it's it's really surrendering yourself to yourself and letting go of what doesn't serve you and trusting the process trusting the divine and, and your guidance and you know what you're surrounded by and trusting that it's for your highest good and once you can kind of do that everything starts falling into place as it should yeah, uh, that totally makes sense. I remember a couple of years ago uh, listening to a, a professional uh, pianist um, playing this. Uh, I, it was one of those classic uh, songs, uh, 
Mozart or Bach, I can't remember. And they were, it's almost as if they're channeling that composer. Yeah. And it, and uh, I remember uh, somebody else who wasn't as professional uh, who were still learning and it was almost as if the moment they stopped thinking about playing they played really good but the moment they tried to think about it what they were doing you know they start stumbling they hit the wrong keys it's almost like there's this other force behind it and it's kind of just letting go and just getting out of the way of it well yeah that's i mean that really is the biggest thing um you know being a musician my whole life i spent most of my life studying and learning instruments and scales and techniques and that's great and there's an you know a level that you do need to go through those phases but you're completely right because when you allow yourself to be a clear channel which is also part of reiki and part of shamanism being a hollow reed and you really do let go of the ego because the ego is always a part of that other side you know especially when you're being creative or or making something there's that part of you that wants to critique it or is it good enough or this is the best this isn't the best whatever when you let all of that go and really allow yourself to be a puppet for that for spirit it's so completely amazing um uh, for example i mean going back to to working with the angels the first angel i worked with was archangel ariel and you know I was going into that a little still unsure about what may happen or if I was 100% sold on this kind of connection and whatever. And I was like, okay, I'm going to let it go. I meditated. You know, I opened up the space within myself to be a, a hollow reed and allow the energy to come through. I closed my eyes. I played. I went into a completely different world where in the middle of playing, I was sitting at the piano and just recording whatever was happening. There was a moment where all of a sudden my heart felt like extremely, extremely warm. This intense, warm feeling of energy rushing out to the point where it was so, this, it's so hard to describe, like you would have to feel it, but it was this huge, huge, powerful feeling of overwhelming, unconditional love to the point that as I was taking notice of this feeling, you know, my body and the mechanics of my body was was still playing piano. But I was so focused on what was happening to me energetically and feeling this, this overwhelming love feeling that I was completely out of my body watching myself play piano as if it didn't even matter anymore, that that's just something that was happening in the background. And... I started crying in the middle of playing because this feeling was just this utmost highest possible level of love. And then in that moment, I felt a presence behind me and I felt wings come around the front of me as if they were wrapping around me. And then at that point I was like, Whoa. And the song was done and I just stopped playing. And then I had no idea what, what even just happened musically because I was so somewhere else. And when I listened to it back, I cried again listening. So I thought, okay, is this just me? You know, am I having like a a moment or something? So I started passing the song along to some colleagues, you know, angel readers and mediums and Reiki masters and asking them for, you know, insight on what their experience is. All of them on first listen cried. 
So I knew that that wasn't just me. It was this Archangel Ariel giving healing through the music and embedding something into those frequencies that was doing the same form or same type of healing to all who listen. So I was sold at that point, and it was it was just so obvious, you know, that there's so much more out there than we know, or that even sometimes we want to believe. And when you, re it's really about allowing that yourself to be that clear channel and just letting go of the thoughts and the ego, and just understanding that you have to surrender to have these experiences. And when you do, it's it's amazing what can happen. Wow, that's such an amazing story. And this is the next album that you're working on? Yeah. Oh, I can't yeah. wait. <laughs> can't wait to yeah. hear it. Um, so I wanted to ask you a couple of questions, too. When we spoke to the other sound healer, I don't know if he would consider himself a sound healer, but, you know, he's using music and sound for healing. Um, what What's your take on synthesized music and live music? Like, you know, the instruments that you're playing live as opposed to more that are synthesized. And does one have a better ability to heal when somebody's listening to it versus the other? Um, you know what? No, I don't think so. Because frequency is frequency. Vibration is vibration, which is all energy, and we know energy is energy. So I think what is key behind all of that is the intention. Because Jonathan Goldman is, is the king of this phrase, is frequency plus intention is healing. And it is the truth, because no matter, I could use a Tibetan bowl that's, you know, 300 years old and used by a monk, but if my intention is off when I use it, what vibration am I sending out through that instrument? So the intention is the most important thing, where it's not so much the instrument, it's what's coming through the instrument. And I really think that is something that is really important, because nowadays... You know, anyone could go buy crystal bowls on Amazon or a Tibetan bowl on a website and use it. But it's how you're using it and what you're using it for. You know, there's people who may just go buy a bunch of stuff and say, hey, I'm a sound healer and just start hitting things. And they just want to make some money. But then there's the other person who buys these things because they're drawn to it and they want to help people. And when they hit them, there's a different energy involved. You know, it's it, the easiest example, I think, of, of how much energy affects us, especially with sound is, you know, there's a, you know, I could say, you look beautiful today and you may smile and you'll feel good. Or I can walk in and be like, yeah, you look beautiful. It's, you know, and there's an inflection and it hits you a different way. And that's based on your intention. So it really is being in line with your intention and making sure that whatever you're playing and how you're playing it is for the good of all who listen. And that is the most important because if that intention's there, it's just a sound. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you're talking about with the intention. I mean, we see it every day with, you know, movies and TV shows and books and, you know, other artists, uh, musicians, and you just know when there was a compromise, you know, usually with the person with the money, the creative people there was some sort of conflict <laughs> yeah and the money had to win out so they had to make a compromise and 
you, you see it every day, but then you see the really good stuff that there was total 100% intention, you know, from the artist behind it. And that's when you get, you know, the Beatles or, you know, that really good Rolling Stones album or, uh, uh, you know, the Oscar winning movie, you know, you just see, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just the quality is there. And it's not, we say it's quality, but it's more, it's, I think it's more something that you're connecting with at an energetic level. Absolutely. Well, that's the whole thing. That's really the whole thing is, you know, for sound healing, you know, there's the technical side of what you're saying is, you know, synthesizers versus organic instruments. And yes, I'm live hearing this stuff live and being in the same room that the vibrations are being created in. It's a different experience, but is one more powerful than the other? I wouldn't think so. It's definitely just a different form of experiencing the vibration, you know, because with headphones, like on 1050 pedals, there's binaural beats throughout that whole album that are tuned to each chakra. You can experience those binaural beats really without headphones. So, you know, something like that, you would need to listen to synthesized or, you know, recorded medium where live you really can't experience so much a binaural beat. You can with you know, properly tuned Tibetan bowls, one on the left side and the right side of your body, but it's still vastly different. So I look at all this stuff as they're all tools. You know, no one instrument or no one thing is going to, to fix a problem or heal someone necessarily. They're all tools that can help you transform or that can help you heal but it really is picking the right tool for the job and for the right intention. So it's kind of a combination of all of that combined, I think, that makes something special. Yeah, I, I would agree as well. And uh, interesting that you mentioned Binaural Beats, our second film, The Path Beyond the Physical. We actually go into pretty great length about the founding of Binaural Beats. And uh, we had the opportunity to interview some of those experts that created that at the Monroe Institute and found yeah, those amazing. beats yeah, uh, to really induce some of that out-of-body experience with the different hertz going into each ear. So it's pretty cool that you have that in your music as well. Yeah, um, it's, it's an amazing uh, modality to, to experiment with. It really is. The other thing, too, um, just in your bio about how you also go into the Akashic Records and from what I understand, the Akashic Records are is somewhat of a database of information that we can all tap into if we're interested about our lives or even history and things of that sort. How do you use the Akashic Records with some of your channeling? Well, yeah, that's, that's an interesting question and an interesting topic. Um, <clears throat> it's, again, it's, it's that whole thing of, of your path in the universe. Um, Akashic records are something, again, I was unaware that I had the ability to do for quite a while. Um, when I was young, I started reading Edgar Casey books just out of curiosity, just because I thought he was an amazing healer. And I started reading and reading and reading when I was young. You know, you're talking, I was 17, 18, and I would go to the library and take out a mass amount of Edgar Casey books, and I'd read them for hours and 
I was really into it. And then, you know, I forgot about it kind of and just went about my life. And as I started channeling, this kind of came back to me in a memory and I started thinking about him more and realizing now that that was his main means of accessing that his information and his readings were the Akashic records. So I wound up getting an Akashic reading for myself, which is, you know, a message I kept getting that I needed to get one. I needed to connect to that space. So I got a reading by a friend who was amazing at the Akashic records and she started connecting all this past life information. And in all these past lives she was seeing, which, you know, you're only shown what you need to know in this life. So, you know, you could have been Egyptian, but if it has no relevance to your life now, you're not going to be shown that. So I was shown these really interesting things um, of me being next to a Russian czar at some time period and apparently some healer to a Russian czar. There were other lifetimes where I was with my wife and we were together as healers in a basement in India. There was all these crazy things and each one of them started intriguing my interest and trying to connect the dots as to how this fit into my life currently and what I really needed to know from that. So I started learning how to read those records and innately I was told that I was supposed to read the records and that they were waiting for me. So the minute I started learning how to access that in meditation, the experiences I was having were unbelievable, where I was being completely communicated with the keepers of the records who in a sense are close to God or angelic beings that protect this information. But that information is available to all of us. Obviously, if you're going into the records, you could really only access your own information unless you have the permission of the person you're trying to read. Um, but, you know, when I do go in there, there's other things you can do in the records aside from look at your book of life or your history of life. You could ask for healing in there. You can create in there. It's basically a safe place that is connected to the divine that you can work out of. So when I started to, to learn how to do that, it was, it's really powerful to kind of be in that space. You know, it's, it's a space of, of divine energy that's protected by these angelic beings. So when you're in this space and your intention is to create, let's say, music to heal someone, what happens in there feels, you know, in that meditation or in that consciousness is super powerful. And being in that vibration and creating simultaneously, that vibration is transmitted through the music so it's a pretty amazing thing to to incorporate and you know it the listener may not be aware that that's happening or where that's coming from but they will feel it and that's what's most important so it's yeah it's definitely a pretty amazing avenue yeah and you know you do so much more than just you know recording music and making records you know anybody if they go to your website um, do you want to talk about all the different things that you do? I mean, you're, you're willing to come and do live sound healing events, coming to people's workshops, to their yoga studios. I mean, you have a lot of services that you're offering outside of just making music. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's it's funny you say that because, you know, we know how the music business is nowadays. And oh, there's a lot of people who don't buy music. And, you know, people download stuff for free. And that's fine, whatever. You know, you kind of really can't control it. So to me, it's, it's more about, you know, doing everything that I can on this path to help others. And that's really my focus. So every way that I can and every outlet or opportunity I see is a way for me to get the word out about sound healing and to help others heal through sound, through music, through vibration. So yeah, I do live events, workshops, lectures, you know, obviously things like this where we can talk to many people at once through an amazing outlet like your podcast or a TV show, any, absolutely anything that I can connect to a similar energy and try to help others understand what this is about or how they may use it. I'm completely and always open to that. So yeah, I, I do pretty much anything related. Now with your live events, do you, how does that work with the music? Cause I know there's just layers of instruments that you have in your recordings. Do you just go and do you have like a backtrack and you play like the, the main melody or do you just play one instrument and um, I'm just neither. curious how that works. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, I would definitely never use a backing track. Um, you know, because I channel, especially in a live event, the energy is always going to be completely different because it's based on who's attending. So when I kind of connect to spirit live in the room through meditation, there's messages or energy that comes through. Um, that, that is, in essence, what the room needs the most. So I bring a ton of instruments. You know, I have, you know, gongs, crystal bowls, Tibetan bowls, percussion, you know, synths on an iPad, all types of, of things happening. Um, and I just primarily set all of this stuff up because you don't really, because it's channeled and, and in the moment, I don't know what's going to happen musically. And I let that energy come through for the good of everyone in the room. So I like to bring as many tools as I can with me because I don't know what I'm going to be drawn to. It could be an hour long gong wash or it could be playing everything at once as best as I can. So it's different every time. Um, but I, you know, my wife who's a Reiki master does the, um, live events with me and we kind of give it all the instruments, you know, Reiki energy first, we lead a guided meditation for the group. And then once everybody's in that space, then I just kind of let spirit take over and, you know, guide me what to play or guide me what to focus on to, you know, have the best result for everyone in that room. So it's completely different every time. Now the, the live events, you probably get a large or large variety of the size of groups. Do you notice a difference with smaller groups to compared to larger groups, the type of energy? Um, yeah, I would say so. Um, obviously larger groups, the energy is definitely feels more massive. Um, I recently did an event and, you know, there was like a, a good 30 people there. 
and it was a small space. So in essence, the space was pretty packed. And being in that room while everybody's kind of getting situated and, and mingling, I'm kind of in the background meditating and connecting to what's happening and setting up, you know, all my instruments and, and setting intentions and kind of working in the background. And during that last event, I felt the angels wanted to come through. So I called on the, the archangels, um, in many ways to protect the room and everyone in the room from any kind of negative energy or anything that may not serve them, that everybody in the room, you know, be protected from anything outside of that room. And also the message I started getting was that I kept getting shown flowers in spring. So to me, that message meant growth and letting go of what doesn't serve you. So, because nothing will grow new if, you know, you have a bunch of junk piled up. So that night became a theme of releasing and releasing what doesn't serve you in order to allow new room in your energy and in your, your body for the new to grow. So it was, you know, it was a really intense energy that night because there was so many people. And while I was, you know, working and, and creating these sounds, there was a point where I had opened my eyes and looked around the room and I saw, you know, these gigantic white energetic beings that were probably angels standing shoulder to shoulder around the entire room and had this amazing energy as I was, I wound up being really focused on, on the gong for that. I, I feel like the angels like the gong cause there's a lot of frequencies and I almost saw their energy flying through the gong as I was playing to the point where I got so intense in my playing that I was like, you know, smashing these drums so hard on the side of me while I was playing the gong that I almost snapped myself out of the moment because I was hitting them so hard. And then in that moment kind of realized, whoa, I'm kind of like bashing away over here <laughs> and, and was like almost taken out of that headspace because of, of that intense energy. You know, so it's it's definitely fluctuates, but I, I definitely think it's more based on what is needed for those people in the room. It's it's definitely an amazing experience in a group setting because, you know, being alone in a studio and connecting to source myself is one thing. But being in a room with 30 people and having this amazing outpouring of openness and love and energy from everyone in the room being in the same space, there's definitely a collective consciousness happening that, you know, channeling spirit is also allowing that's those spirits to touch and heal everyone in the room. So it definitely becomes something much larger than yourself, you know? Oh yeah. And you probably synced up your audience energetically too. I mean, well, well yeah, it's, it's funny you say that because one thing I do in every, session is in the beginning meditation i ask that everybody you know does an om mantra in the beginning two or three times um and it's funny because i i wind up using it as an example of exactly that because in the beginning everyone's a little you know not they haven't meditated yet and energy's a little scattered and the om is always like off everybody's off time and notes are all over the place and then after the sound healing, 
I do another ohm mantra with everyone. And when we do that initial ohm after the sound healing, it sounds like a choir. Everybody is completely in sync. The notes are in harmony. Everything is at the same time. It's such a beautiful thing. And I use that to show everyone there the difference of before and after, in a sense, and how we all just connected to this energy as one and that we are all now in sync. Because in essence, we're instruments. We're instruments of the divine. So like a guitar, we go out of tune. You know, life hits you or something happens and it throws you off. So when you can meditate and connect to, to vibration and sound, you wind up syncing your cells and your energy, sync to that vibration. And it's a good way to kind of tune yourself back up and tune yourself back in. So it's, it's a pretty amazing thing to see. Every time, it never fails. Every time, it works that way. It's, it's really amazing. Isn't that called, I, I thought I saw something about that and heard somebody speak to it. Of Is, is it called entrainment? Where people's energies or like if you set clocks at a different setting that eventually they will all sync together and same thing with people's energies in the same room? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, it's an amazing topic. Yeah. Definitely an amazing topic. I just wanted to ask uh, real quickly about the Archangel music that you're working on. Is the how different is the energy between each archangel? And I'm actually really happy you asked that because I will tell you, each archangel so far has been completely different, completely different, which I didn't expect. Um, the story before with Ariel was the first archangel I worked with, and that was exactly what I would have expected. You know, an, an angel on this amazing love feeling and being surrounded and nurtured and that kind of i was after that experience i was kind of assuming that they would all kind of feel that way because they're all of god and, and they're all loving beings so the second archangel i worked with at that point was archangel metatron and again just was open didn't know what to expect completely different amazing experience with Archangel Metatron. Um, when I was meditating and calling in Metatron before I started to write, all of a sudden in the meditation, I saw basically Metatron's cube hovering above my head. At that point, the cube started to slowly come down over my head. As it came over my head, it, it's, the, it's a very hard feeling to describe, but not a headache, but this pressure in my temples that wasn't, you know, painful or, or negative, but it was just this pressure. And that pressure started releasing and moving down until eventually the whole cube ran through my body to my feet. And once it hit my feet, it shot up at light speed back from my feet through my crown and was gone. And in that moment, I, was, I just felt so intense and knew that I just received a healing as almost if Metatron was saying I needed to clear out whatever was happening or whatever he saw before I could work with him. So once that was gone, I started to write. And musically, as you've listened to, to my music, none of it's orchestral or has that vibe. Um, it's usually just not what happens. Where as soon as I started writing, I wound up going into this space 
of using all these string sounds, violins and orchestras and whatever was happening. But what was really amazing is I didn't get that feeling of overwhelming love, which I almost expected, where it felt more stern. Metatron felt more direct. And when you read about Metatron, he's, he's precision, he's math, he's someone you call on when you need help with time. And that's what it felt like. It felt mathematical, geometric, where everything had a precise moment, everything had a precise, you know, reason. None of these reasons I knew in the moment and just felt compelled to, okay, put a string sound here. And then I would just pause completely. And then I'd play again. And then there'd be a space. And I'd pause and there'd be a space. So when I listened to this first track, I was like, what is this? This this isn't good. Like, because it was really sporadic, like da 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 da. You know, these random string parts. And it made no sense to me. And then I heard left, left, left. So I was like, okay. I put the music in the left speaker. I rewound it. I hit record again. Went back into a meditation. Played again. Out of nowhere, those spaces that were put there became the second track. Where what I was playing in the second track completely and perfectly filled in those gaps to create one whole track, which was then... I was told to pan in the right ear. So he took these two tracks, spaced all these things out that I had no understanding of what was really happening until I recorded both of them and had them panned left speaker and right speaker that they became one whole piece of music. It was so interesting. And I, it's not something I, I one, would have thought of on my own and, two, would have probably even wanted to do as you know, orchestration and, you know, making orchestral type music is, is a whole different realm of music that to me takes, requires too much of the self and thought and technical stuff that I wouldn't be able to connect to spiritually at the same time. So apparently it can be, and that was all through Metatron. So it was absolutely completely different. Each one of them completely different. When uh, can we expect the Archangel music to come out um that i've actually decided to i'm gonna release each archangel separately okay because there's so many and they won't all fit on an album anyway so i've been getting pushed actually lately to release it like now um and i have about five complete so over the course of the next few weeks i'm gonna start releasing an archangel maybe once a month or once every few weeks and i will include either channeled messages from them for the music as how they you know everyone may be able to use that for their benefit with some preliminary information on that angel so that you could kind of help and have a better toolkit aside from just music you'll have some more information to kind of dig into that experience so i probably will release them one by one as they keep pushing me to do. <laughs> Excellent. We can't wait for it. So Thank you. Um, where can people find your information and your music if they are new to your stuff? Well, my website is Prana Sound Studio. And there you can find pretty much everything. Um, I, you know, my music is available on there. My bio and pretty much all the things I'm doing are on there. Um, but I am also very active on the Facebook page, 
which is um, you could just search either Prana Sound Studio or Rick Bader Sound Medium, and you'll see my page, which is where I would post kind of news and updates pretty frequently. So they kind of both, between both of those mediums, you'd be able to to find what you may be looking for. Um, but I'm also everywhere, you know, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, kind of any outlet that sells music or carries music, you should be able to find me. But those two, the website and, and the Facebook page are probably the, the most active. Okay, great. And you're on SoundCloud too, is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I, I want to come to one of your live events. I can't wait. I mean, I'll I take, would love you I'll to. take the trip. <laughs> yeah. So well, maybe yeah, we could uh, we could do something up there too. You yeah. guys aren't that far, so. I know, I know. Well, and we'd love to have you back. You know, after maybe some more of this Archangel music comes out, if you'd like to come back on our show, we'd love to have you. I don't even know if if we could do it or if you'd be interested, but maybe there's a way. If you are in the studio, we could actually experience some of your channeling of music. Maybe that would be great. Yeah, your show. I mean, yeah, I would totally love to do that. Okay, That'd be amazing. Wonderful. So, yeah, I encourage everybody to uh, definitely check out your website, and uh, you you know you can play pretty much just about every track that I I saw, um, you know, right from uh, YouTube and yeah, it looks like Spotify right on your website. Um, yeah, I thought it was great. I could. This morning before the uh, interview, I just turned it on. I probably listened to a good half hour. Wow, thank you so much. Chilling out and getting into the moment. And <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, when you know, it's almost like a forced meditation. You know, it's yeah. meditating without the complications a lot of people experience. That's the beauty of sound, is it takes away the thoughts because you're focused on the sound. So it kind of throws you right into that meditative place pretty pretty quickly. So it's it's a beautiful thing to do. And speaking of sound, sounds like that there's some nice horns behind you now. <laughs> yes, I heard that as well. <laughs> oh, great. Well, it was so great to talk to you, Rick. I'm glad that I found you through Instagram and we were able to bring you here on our show. And we really look forward to, you know, this connection and some future endeavors that we could probably collaborate on. Absolutely. I'm so grateful. Thank you for having me. You guys are doing an amazing job with the podcast and with the documentaries. I've watched them all already. Um, so I can't wait to see more. Great. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. We'd like to thank Rick Bader for coming on the show today. Uh, if you're interested in Path 11 Productions, you can find our DVDs on our website at thepathseries.com or on Amazon. We also stream our films on vimeo.com, imtv.com, and iTunes. If you have suggestions for the show or would like to interact with us, please send us an email at info at thepathseries.com or send us a tweet at thepathseries. Find us on Facebook, and please rate us in iTunes. 